listening to Beyond the Game. I love you guys. love the program. You're already famous in Rochester, but watch out world. It's a faith-based sports radio program. That's the dumbest thing I could think of. I love everything about it. The, the, the beards, the handshakes. That just means I'm never leaving my kids alone with you. The ladies are digging my sweet bass. We would be honored if you would join us. From Rochester, New York, right here in our very own BTG studio. Welcome into the Beyond the Game program. Along with Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. So glad you could be part of this week's show. Sports talk without the trash talk. Check out our website. It's btgprogram.com. Or we'd love for you to give us a follow on Twitter or maybe even a like on Facebook at BTG Program. Coming up on today's show, we'll talk with the women's basketball coach from Roberts Wesleyan College, Kevin Clifford. Plus, Zach, of course, has his shenanigan statements for us, and we'll also tell you what it is that we like this week in sports. But before we do any of that, let's get right into it and start this week's show with the Red Hawks recap. Looking back on the week in Roberts Wesleyan Athletics, this is the Red Hawks recap for the week covered up through Thursday, December 6th. The Red Hawks recap being brought to you by Roberts Wesleyan College. It was a packed house at the Voller Athletic Center this past Wednesday on the campus of Roberts Wesleyan College. Unfortunately, things didn't go as planned as the Red Hawks took on Damon College in the three-way rivalry basketball games. The men were tripped up 78-70 despite getting 25 points from junior Isaiah Lewis and 15 points from senior Peyton McLaurin. Sophomore Aaron Nasiri also finished in double digits, netting 10 points in the loss. The women fell just short as well, 72-70, ending their four-game winning streak. Four different Red Hawks scored in double digits. Junior Sarah Nady hit for 19 points, while Emily Miller had a double-double with 15 points and 11 rebounds. Senior Taylor Bino added 14 points, and freshman Dimitri Gigzani from Athens, Greece had 10. You can hear our interview with women's coach Kevin Clifford coming up right after the break. In swimming, both the men's and women's teams were victorious, defeating Cobble Skill and host Wells College in a tri-meet last Saturday. Together, the teams finished first in 16 of 23 events with over 20 new best times recorded, including two school records. Freshman Paige Siebold set a new school record for the women in the 100-yard backstroke, while Brazilian freshman Mateus Moro holds the new record in the 500-yard freestyle for the men. The women's cross-country team capped off a great season by finishing 21st out of the 34 teams competing at the NCAA D2 National Championships in Pennsylvania last weekend. And finally, the women's bowling team had a winning weekend, sweeping Damien College on the road in all matches played last Saturday. No home events for Roberts Wesleyan teams until after the new year, but you can follow all the action away from home at their website, robertsredhawks.com. And, of course, you can follow Roberts Wesleyan Athletics on Twitter at RWC Redhawks. This has been the Red Hawks Recap, presented by Roberts Wesleyan College. Do you know an athlete whose participation in athletics is vital to their college choice? Then consider telling them about Roberts Wesleyan College. Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts. We field 17 varsity sports and offer the only NCAA D2 program in Greater Rochester. Our teams have won six conference titles and reached three NCAA national championship appearances. Help the athlete you know to take their game to the next level. Visit roberts.edu. Welcome back into the program. Rick Benson along with Zach Barletta, btgprogram.com or at btgprogram. Sports talk without the trash talk. Kevin Glifford is the first-year head coach of the women's basketball team at Roberts West St. College. Prior to Wednesday's tough loss against Damon College, I had a chance to speak with him via the BTG studio line. 
Welcome to the program, Coach, and congratulations on the position. Thank you, Rick. Thanks for having me on the on the, on the show. You take over a team that has posted four straight 20-plus win seasons, earned three straight East Coast Conference postseason bursts, and has also won an NCCAA National Championship. How much pressure are you putting on yourself to continue that string? I think coaches always put pressure on themselves, but I, I, I'm embracing it. You know, it's been really nice on the women's side. I've coached men as well. On the women's side, I usually take over programs that are kind of struggling and and don't have a history or tradition of of winning. You know, Buff State was pretty good, and you know the other schools might have been up and down, but but here has been very consistent. So I've been I've embraced it in terms of we've had some players. You know, you have good players here. You got Emmy Miller, second team All Conference. You got players that are potential conference players and things like that. So it's really nice, and it's it, it's actually um, you know I've been, I've been having a lot of fun with it. You mentioned having to turn around struggling programs, which you did at Mount St. Vincent, and then you spent the last three seasons at Buff State. What was it attracted you most about the position at Roberts Wesleyan? Just a couple of things. I would say beautiful campus. The people after I interviewed here are really, really good. Um, they're really, really nice people, really helpful, really genuine. Uh, Jack Rosati is an associate head coach. He's been here 10 years on the different coaches, so very loyal guy, and um, he's kind of been a mentor to me, but we, we became friends anywhere. You know, if it was basketball in the gym and it was like a, a game or recruiting, you know, I came to Rochester a lot from Buffalo because it's only about an hour, hour and 20 minutes away, so I was in Rochester a lot. Um, the B Candy games were at Roberts Wesleyan to try out, so I would come and, and, and I would come to multiple tryouts. You know, most coaches go to one, I would go to like three or four, and they were like, "Who's this guy?" <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, uh, so I was at so I was at Roberts Wesleyan. I just you know I didn't walk around, but I saw the campus, I saw the facilities, and then when I started researching at the majors, the people, uh, the tradition, you know, winning 20 games the last four seasons, and uh, Gary did a nice job. They, he was 70 and 30, his record, you know, over the last couple of years, and then Bob he gave previously so um, they did a really nice job of just you know recruiting and and get and, and building the program the, the culture here is really really good so there's a lot of things that attract me you know division two obviously and a lot of the games are in new york city where i'm from um so a lot of those games i told the team they're not road games they're gonna be home games because i have a lot of family and friends there and some of our players are from down there and some of our recruits that we've signed are from down there so we're excited about that I would imagine the work of, you mentioned what Gary and Bob had done previously, that must have been a help to you because you sort of had to hit the ground running, didn't you? I mean, uh, the job opened up, what, the end of July, and you were named to the post by the end of August. It's not a lot of time to get acclimated, is it? No, it's not. And Coach Rosati was here as an interim coach, so that really helped. A lot of places, there's no one there doing some of the stuff, you know. So it was nice. You know, the leaders and captains were running the preseason stuff. So I didn't start to September 10th, but at Buff State, I started September 14th. So I, I think I'm kind of used to it. So I'm the guy that can kind of come in and hit the ground running. You know, so we were a little behind, but again, we had a lot of help here, a lot of people doing the right thing, and, and we hit the ground running. We're talking with Kevin Clifford, head coach of the women's basketball team at Roberts Wesleyan College. You have Emily Miller back, who's off to a great start again, averaging nearly 20 points a game. But there's a lot of other talent on this Red Hawks roster besides Emily. Among those, Taylor Bino, who just was named ECC Defensive Player of the Week. She's averaging 13 a game. Can you talk a little bit about the team and who you're looking to provide leadership on really either side of the ball? Yeah, I agree. Um, 
Emily's the you know the one that brings it every day. Very consistent, very even keel, very confident lady. You tell her something, she does it. You know you don't have to tell her ten times. Um, obviously, uh, second team all conference last year, potential player of the year. Uh, say so, Nady, uh, Sarah Nady. They call her say so, and Taylor Bino and Emily are our we call them leaders. They're our captains. Uh, they've been great, but we have other people too. The good thing is we've been having you know three, four players in double digits. We've been having different high scores, so our team is very balanced, I think. And then we have a few others that are still coming around, you know. So uh, Shayla Satoris is probably the one that really keeps us in check and keeps us even keel, and she's the one that's been kind of the difference maker, I think. You know, looking at her stats last year and stuff like that. And Taylor Bino is just tough, great defender. And then you got Demetria Chizani. She's a freshman from Greece. She's coming around. Um, you know, capable of probably double double. Taryn Wilson's been really giving us a lot of good minutes, averaging about 23 minutes, and um, and and she's scoring the ball. A couple of games she's at 12, 14 points. So that's nice when you bring someone off the bench. Jesse Cook is another one from Australia. is a really really good leader. And then you got Savannah Hunter, a senior, that's been bringing a spark off the bench for us. So uh, and then we have Morgan, Candice, Mariah, and Maddie that round out our team. So we're all you know close knit team. They work hard. They push each other. Uh, they get along, which is really good. So I think it's, you know, we're looking for everybody to kind of contribute a little bit. So we're big. Our philosophy is team, team basketball, team defense, team offense. The Red Hawks opened the season with two straight home losses, scoring 51 and 57 points, respectively. And then it was four straight dominant wins. I mean, you scored more each time you went out, 73, 75, 77, 81 this past Saturday. What's been the difference in those last four games that has sparked the offense for you? Yeah, great improvement. Um, we had a slow start this Saturday, but we, we had a great second quarter. Uh, we've been having some outbursts, like one quarter better than the other, so that, that's been part of it. Um, you know, and our defense has been sparking it too, you know, getting some steals and things like that. You know, we've been trying to do some more shooting and practice, some more skill work, so I think the players are really improving. And then our offense, you know, we went from 25% to about 35% um, from the three point line. So I think that's been helpful as well so uh we're making our free throws you know we're taking care of the ball a little bit better we still need to do a better job of that but i think we're doing a good job uh, with that we, we've improved you know the first two losses were tough um you know first game we were missing two starters not to make any excuses you know assumption played really well and then st rose uh beat us by one but we had we did have chances to win those games you know it wasn't like we got blown out or something you know so um, so we're excited about the, the growth of the team, and hopefully we keep that winning streak going. You mentioned the young lady from Greece. You've got players on your roster from Egypt, Australia, the other side of the country, and Puyallup, Washington, as well as some ladies from close to home, Spencerport, Honeyoy Falls. When you hit the recruiting trail, what is it about Roberts Wesleyan basketball program that you consider your best tool when talking to prospective players and, and their parents? I think when you ask me about how I'm uh, acclimating to the program, I think um, you know people are just so welcome. The team has embraced me, uh, the players, the coaches. Uh, we have former, you know, Marissa Buns is a, a former player here, thousand point scorer. She's on our staff, so you know she talks to recruits when they come to you know to visit and things like that. Coach Ozai has been here ten years, uh, but I think just the people, you know, the really like. Your 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 name and not a number when you come here. The really the individual attention, you know, um, and then just a beautiful safe campus. Um, you know, we got players from each of Greece and Australia to send your your daughter this far away or son. You know, you want to make sure they're in good hands, and we have a lot of good people that look out after them. So I think it's the people here, the president. Um, President Porterfield is really, really good, you know, comes to the games, knows the players, you know, and then just, you know, great people, great facilities, 
Um, so, and, and then the, the tradition of the basketball program and the high level division two program. So there's a lot of recruiting things, but we kind of just, you know, want to see that I think the fit is a, is a good thing. You know, you might be a great basketball player, but you might not be a great fit here. You know, mm-hmm. we want to make sure you're, you know, a good person, uh, you know, good grades. Uh, and then, and then obviously you're looking for talent and things that fit our style, but coach Rosati and, um, Gary Andrews and Bob Seagave, he has recruited a lot of players, especially the ones that are like seniors like Taylor Bino, you know, and things like that. So so I can't take credit for those, but, but they've done a great job recruiting. Obviously, you expect a lot from your ladies to perform well on the floor, but you have a reputation for having high expectations in the classroom as well. How do you, as their coach, encourage them to excel in both of those areas? Yeah, I think it's pretty easy because, I, I'm, a, you know, it's not easy for them, but I think it's pretty easy for, from our standpoint because I, I was a teacher. My parents are big on books and ball. Um, I'm actually teaching a class here in the fall, uh, in the spring, a business class, sports uh, issues and sports. Um, but I taught a coaching class at Buff State, and I was a middle school teacher. So I, I, I've been always trying to, you know, encourage the academics. At City College, we were struggling academically, and I was wondering why we didn't have enough players. You know, players ineligible. So I kind of did like a Coach Carter, where I was, <laughs> you know, having having study halls instead of practices, um, and we really got that GPA up. And then I think also here the students are really good. I mean, the players on team they won a scholar some scholar award last year and you know emily miller is a 4.0 station a is 3.9 you know high high grades so uh, but i think we recruit those type of players you know we, we try to really recruit players that you know, are you know good academic i really believe if you're good in the classroom you're gonna be good and on the court as they say um and then we also i like high basketball iq players so high iq basketball players so i think that does you know relate a little bit so uh, but we do encourage them. You know, we we um, you know we have study halls and we have individual meetings about academics, and we have a lot of really good support people here, uh, academic advisors and teachers and professors. So just building that relationship with people, and we encourage them to ask for help. We encourage them to ask their teammates for help. I encourage them to come ask me. You know, just let me know what's going on. You know, our coaching staff just over communicate. And once they do that, then we can help them. You know, I might not be able to answer a chemistry question for them, but I might be able to guide them in the right direction. So. Sure. Once again, we're talking with Kevin Clifford. He's the head coach of the women's basketball team at Roberts Wesleyan College. Coach, we know you have high expectations when it comes to their athletic performance, when it comes to their academic performance, but how does Roberts Wesleyan College keep their student-athletes motivated when it comes to their spiritual lives? great question here at roberts they do a great job with their mission and you know being great people and being great neighbors uh we have chapel during the week and i love going and, and our team we go together we sit together and they have uh, guest speakers they have music i mean i really really enjoy it so uh it's been a different experience for me but you know i believe in christ we pray before practices we pray before shoot arounds we just pray before we pray before games uh and, and again the players embrace it and we embrace it and um, you know, our, our administration and our president, you know, are all, you know, everybody's on the same page as that. Great. Before I let you go, is there anything, how, how can I pray for you? How can we pray for you? I do travel back and forth. I don't know if you know that from Buffalo, Rochester right now. So if oh, you wow. can just pray for me in terms of traveling, um, you know, the roads, the weather and stuff like that. Besides that, um, I think we're pretty good. And my brother, my brother was is sick or was sick and he beat Mercer and that's a big you know, I'm close to him, my brother Michael. So if you could pray for him. Coach, I want to thank you again for spending time with us. I wish you all the best on the rest of the season. Rick, really good. Thanks for uh, the questions, and I uh, appreciate it. Anytime you want to talk, uh, but thank you so much. Appreciate your time. That's Kevin Clifford, Roberts Wesleyan women's basketball team head coach. 
Come on back after the break. We got more to do. I'm Rick Benson. He's Zach Barletta. This is the Beyond the Game program. When I have a home remodeling project, whether interior or exterior, I call McAfee's Remodeling Company. Family owned for nearly two decades, McAfee's Remodeling Company is the name I trust. Mike McAfee put a new bathroom into my house three years ago, and I'm still getting compliments on it every time someone comes over to visit. Mike and his crew are experienced and professional, and you'll be thrilled with their work. So give McAfee's Remodeling Company a call today at 402-1070. That's 402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. It took me a long time to be able to say Chandler has cancer, because that is such a scary word. When St. Jude finds something that works well with a certain cancer, they share that with everybody. And knowing that we don't have to pay for all of the medical expenses, that's huge. We just have to worry about helping Chandler, and he's just my heart. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. Hey folks, Benson here. Both Zach and myself want to take a moment and thank you for your support throughout this year and to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas. I hope you'll take an opportunity this season to pause and reflect on what Christmas is all about, to paraphrase Psalm 4610, to be still and know that He is God. You see, all of us are sinners, and because we are, we can't get to heaven on our own merit. The Bible says in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But it also tells us that God loves us. So much so that he sent his son to die on the cross as a sacrifice to pay the debt of all our sins. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That is what Christmas is really all about. God sending us his son to make for us a path to eternal life, the free gift of forgiveness of sins. The birth at Bethlehem happened, so the cross at Calvary would as well. Why? Because God wants us all to be saved from an eternity in hell. 1 Timothy 2.4 says he desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. After his birth in the manger, Jesus lived a perfect life. And though he didn't have to, since of course he had never sinned, he gave his life on the cross to pay the cost of your sins and mine. But there's more to it than that. Jesus didn't stay in the grave. Instead, he rose again defeating death and making it possible for us all to go to heaven as a result of his righteousness, if only we accept that free gift. Forgiveness of sins is available to all people. God's grace is freely available to everyone. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Bible says that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. Pray to God and tell him that you know you're a sinner. Tell him you believe that Jesus died on the cross and start a new life, repenting from sins and seeking after God. If you want to know more about what it means to be a Christian, you can visit our website, btgprogram.com. I hope this Christmas season is your very best one ever and one that sees you grow closer to God. Merry Christmas, everybody.
Welcome back into the show. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rick Benson. He's Zach Barletta. This is the Beyond the Game program, btgprogram.com or at btgprogram. Sports talk without the trash talk. If you do stop by our website, subscribe to the podcast. Take the show wherever you go. You'll also be able to subscribe on iTunes or podcast sources like Google Play. People all around the world, 45 different countries, I think it is now, that have downloaded the program. And that's not to mention the many good folks here in the United States of America who have also downloaded the program. Time to turn it over now to Zach for this week's shenanigans statements. The Yankees were said to be interested in both former Diamondbacks Paul Goldschmidt and Patrick Corbin, but ended up passing on each of them and seeing them go to other teams. So truth or shenanigans, the Yankees' main target is Bryce Harper. You know, Zach, my gut reaction is still to say shenanigans. But the Goldschmidt deal now makes me wonder. The package the Cardinals gave them wasn't amazing. Yeah, it's good, not great. Right. and But I realized it was only for one year of Goldschmidt. It was certainly something the Yankees could have given or, or improved upon, but they didn't. So it makes me wonder. I don't see where he fits in the outfield. They can't be confident in Greg Bird and Luke Voigt at first base. So now I'm kind of wondering, are they maybe thinking about Bryce Harper? But no, I still think they'll be reluctant to pay Harper the kind of money he's reportedly asking for. I don't know um, if it's for first base, but I'm going to say truth. I I do believe that the Yankees are after Bryce Harper. Um, They could easily put him into right field and make Stanton the full-time DH, which he did a lot last year anyways. Or they could put him at first base. Scott Boris, of course, said he would be great at first base because that's what Scott Boris does. But... um, the Yankees lineup is very right-handed, especially for the first two-thirds of the so of the season when they don't have D.D. Gregorius. He would be perfect for that ballpark. I just really think it's a perfect fit. And the fact that they wouldn't pony up the money for Patrick Corbin, even when he's such an obvious need for that ball club, or make that trade for Goldschmidt to play first base, it does make me wonder, and I do think they want Bryce Harper. If you put him in the outfield, somebody's got to go. And that somebody is most likely Clint Frazier, right? mm-hmm. prospect, but a highly touted prospect. But somebody's got to go. Yeah. Number two, the NFL finding Ezekiel Elliott for his Salvation Army Red Kettle celebration is ridiculous. What do you think? I think it is ridiculous. Yeah, I think I'm with you. You know, I, first of all, it's hilarious. He put $21 and Dak Prescott in the donation bucket. That in itself is fantastic. But then to find him, what was it, $13,000 or something like that? And he said, all we were trying to do is draw attention to the Salvation Army. In fact, the Cowboys tweeted a video of it out just afterwards as a way to draw people's attention to the Salvation Army. But no, the no fun league strikes again and find him. It's ridiculous. Let the players have fun and let them draw attention to their favorite charities. Yeah, I agree with you. And I agree with the statement. We're talking about a league which reportedly didn't even bother talking to Kareem Hunt after his domestic violence situation several months ago, and now the same week that a video is said to have appeared and the Chiefs release hunt, they find Elliot for celebrating a touchdown by putting money in the Salvation Army. But I mean, it's nuts. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely nuts. You ought to be as worried about Kareem Hunt as you are Ezekiel Elliott, and, I, and I'm sure they are. Mm-hmm. But it's a classic miscalculation when you're saying that You know, you didn't even bother talking to him months ago, and now it comes back to haunt you because this video that is said to be out there. If you're not talking to Kareem Hunt and you're letting teams draft Reuben Foster and you're worried about Ezekiel Elliott 
celebrating a touchdown by making a donation to a charity that is very popular charity, especially this time of year. It's just, it's stupid. I, I don't know what the NFL is doing. Vegas Golden Knights forward Ryan Reeves should have been suspended by the NHL for his blindside hit on the Washington Capitals' Tom Wilson. <laughs> on Tom Wilson, the off-suspended, dirtiest player in the league, Tom <laughs> yeah. Wilson, shenanigans, you know? I, I don't think he should have been suspended, although I, I will say it's a tough judgment. He may have been looking for an opportunity throughout the night, that's perhaps, but the, see, the hit seemed fairly clean to me. I didn't get, get it. It was a hard hit, but I know Wilson got hurt. He, It's not like Reeves came flying across the ice. It's mm-hmm. not like he targeted him. I know Wilson wasn't looking, but he kind of turned his head at the last second when he wasn't looking. Uh, right. And like I said, I can see why some may think so, but I don't think it was suspension worthy. I say shenanigans as well. I mean, the hit may have been on the borderline of being a late hit. But at the same time, the hit was clean. It was to the chest. It was not to the head. It wasn't an elbow to the face. It wasn't a dirty hit. It was a big hit, and but it was clean. And look, it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy, right? We, <laughs> right. We've talked at length on the show about how dirty of a player he is. Um, but even taking that into account, no, I don't think he should have been suspended. Well, there you have it. That'll do it for shenanigans this week. But before we close out the show, I have a you like that, and I'm sure you do also, Zach. First Chronicles 16.34 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. As part of the trade that made Paul Goldschmidt a member of the St. Louis Cardinals, the package St. Louis sent back to Arizona included pitcher Luke Weaver. While we see some athletes angered by a trade, refusing to report, or perhaps forcing a trade themselves, of course not all respond negatively, but few respond as professionally and as encouraging as Weaver did this past week. Via his Twitter account, at DreamWeaver7, he made this statement. First off, I want to give glory to God in allowing me to play this game I love with this new path he has created. I want to thank my teammates, coaches, and all personnel with the Cardinals. First class all the way. I also want to thank the DeWitts, the entire front office, and all who had a say in drafting, promoting, and allowing me to achieve a lifelong dream. Forever grateful. With that said, I can't wait to join the Arizona Diamondbacks and get to know everyone there. I'm excited to start this new journey, get to work, and compete to win ball games for my new team. Luke Weaver's thankful heart in the wake of being traded is what like I like that. this week. Like Benson, this almost never happens, but I actually have the exact same you like that as you this week. Uh, I liked what Luke Weaver had to say. I thought it was very classy. I love that he led with his faith, and hopefully yeah. it's a template that a lot of athletes can follow in the future. So, Luke Weaver's response to being traded is what I liked this week. You like that? You like that? It's hard not to like that. He led with thanking God, Mm -hmm. but he thanked everybody that he could think of. The ownership, the front office. What what amazed me is he he included the Cardinals personnel. Mm -hmm. The equipment manager, the guy who cleans the bathroom, all these people he was grateful to. Yeah, he seems like a legitimately good dude, and I hope that it works out for him in Arizona. This has been the Beyond the Game program. Thanks for being with us. Please consider a financial contribution to this radio ministry. It's what keeps us on the air. If you have a business, consider advertising during the Beyond the Game program. For more information or to make a donation, visit our website, btgprogram.com. There's lots of other information there. You can find out more about the program. You can also find out what it means to know Jesus Christ personally and begin a faith journey walking daily. 
in the love of God. For Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week right here at the same time. Be bold and be great this week, everybody. Everybody.